Hello, everyone, and welcome to Millennial Rewind, where we take a not-so-sentimental look at the movies and TV shows that were around when millennials were growing up. I'm your host, Nick, coming to you from the good boy capital of the world, Los Angeles, California. And joining me here in the City of Angels is my co-host, Jules. Jules, how are you doing today? I'm actually in a good mood because I've been catapulting cats on my seesaw. (laughs) (laughs) And joining us from the obese dog catcher of Southern California, the Inland Empire, my other co-host, John. John, what's happening? (laughs) I just want to savor that for a little I just... I don't know how to take that. <laughs> Am I the dog catcher in this scenario? No, no. Or just, just the guy from the movie? No, the Inland Empire is the, the Inland Empire is, is the dog catch. Still, I, I don't. Yeah, I guess I'm okay then. I get okay. great. That's the answer we needed. <laughs> and before we get started, if you like what you hear today, please do us a favor and hit that subscribe button. Also, be sure to share the show with anyone you think might like to listen as well. So this week we watched... Peter. Sorry, I was just thinking about this movie. Um, yeah, we watched Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey. The 1993 Walt Disney kids film. And John, how would you tell somebody you watched Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey without using the title? Yes, we watched, um, you know, the thing about the pets running through the wilderness. I don't really remember the story. Oh, no, no. I remember Milo and Otis, too. That that was narrated, though. Dudley Moore did pretty good, I think. I, uh yeah, no, I'm done with this conversation. Thanks. Oh, okay. <laughs> and Jules, if the producers had asked you to come up with a different title for this movie, what would it be? I may have overthought this, but I went with Felony Neglect Pets, A Series of Unfortunate Jokes. <laughs> Just because the ongoing theme of this movie is terrible, terrible jokes that miss. You know, even for pun standards... It's really low. <laughs> yeah, I, I looked up the writers for this film, and there is no excuse for this. There's no excuse. Oh? First writer is Caroline Thompson, who wrote, before this film, Edward Scissorhands and the Adams Family movie. Holy shit! Yeah, so she knows how to write. She would go on to write and direct Black Beauty and Corpse Bride. So no excuse from you, Caroline Thompson, for how the writing in this film. And the other co-writer was Linda Wolverton, who wrote the 1994 Beauty and the Be- no, from 1991 also Beauty and the Beast, the Disney animated movie. That was her first credit. So she had written before. I think she also had a story by credit on Aladdin. Wow. She would also go on to write The Lion King. Holy shit. I mean, that's amazing because, I mean, maybe because this is an adaptation, they weren't allowed to be that creative? I mean, the thing was, is uh, (laughs) I had a theory, which I did posit to you guys via message, is that the writers were allowed to write two or three scenes, (laughs) and then the producers filled in the rest. (laughs) Because there are two or three scenes, you know, even I, I, I will admit that my experience with this movie, I watched it at like six or seven. 
and I love dogs. And it was coincidentally the movie that first made me cry and the first movie that made me think that's a bullshit ending. Somehow Crown was <laughs> And I did find myself on, on certain moments just being reminded of that and just getting a little choked up, I confess. But the rest of the stuff around those scenes are just so awful. <laughs> It, it's wow. shocking how awful it is. Yeah, and, and I mean, the dialogue, they had no excuse because, as John, you mentioned, this is an adaptation. This is a remake. Of an adaptation from Of a an book. adaptation. Yeah. So it was originally a book called The Incredible Journey by Sheila Burnford, who is a British-Canadian author who actually was pretty badass. She, like, spent a lot of time, like, dog sledding with actual first nations peoples in canada and going on treks with them and doing some really badass stuff she's actually kind of got a very interesting life wrote this movie was adapted into a film 1963 also disney and the animals originally did not talk they just were narrated so all the the dogs talking and the animals talking in this film original to this movie so they had enough creative freedom to not write cheesy dialogue i'm just glad they did not make the choice of trying to make it look like the animals mouths were moving with the words yeah that caught me off guard too that never looks right (laughs) no and i don't think they had the technology in 1993 or the budget oh sure they did i mean mr ed was a thing long before oh they oh put some like fucking peanut butter in there and make them like And the words go over that, and I mean, it's it's just horrible. It's terrible. <laughs> that sound is going to haunt my nightmares. <laughs> You're welcome. So this was the directorial debut of Duane Dunham, who edited The Return of the Jedi. Wait, what? He was the editor on The Return of the Jedi. He, was, he assisted, edited Raiders of the Lost Ark, Empire Strikes Back, American Graffiti, Apocalypse Now, the original Star Wars, and he eventually would get an Emmy. He Actually, no, by this time, he had an Emmy editing for Twin Peaks. It kind of makes sense that they'd have this guy as a director then because this movie is entirely made in the edit. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> and we're not even we haven't even got to the cast yet. You got Michael J. Fox and Sally Field. Sally Field plays the cat. No, there's like four. What do you mean so many? There's four. <laughs> there's the guy from Airplane. The guy from Airplane who plays the dad, yeah. Yep. <laughs> the guy And he tries so hard to do it straight faced, but I swear the airplane striker dude still comes through. <laughs> 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 and I don't know who the fourth is the 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 old dog is he, is he? Yeah, I can't. Oh god, his name escapes me right now. But he was like Hollywood royalty, basically. It died shortly after this movie. This was one of his last films. Yeah, I definitely watched this as a kid. Had this on VHS on the classic Disney white plastic clamshell cover. Oh, wow. No, I know what you're talking about, but no, our, ours was just the standard cardboard slipcase. We we were fancy. We we had a lot of those Disney clamshell VHS covers, and I'm pretty sure it was only mostly Disney movies. And I remember enjoying it as a kid and then rewatching it as an adult. I do not like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I only just recently rewatched it as an adult, and yeah, I mean... Outside of two or three scenes, I think it's just so awful. It's a movie with so much going on, yet nothing happens. (laughs) 
That's a good way to describe it. The problem was, is that the, those sort of two scenes, I mean, one of them was so good, I had to pause and give my dog a hug. Oh, shut it. <laughs> You're going to have to point out that scene when we get to it, because I have no idea what that scene could possibly be. I mean, I'm I'm entirely prejudiced against the entire film. So, <laughs> yeah, I just... It took me five hours to do my notes watch for this because I was bored and distracted and trying to like parse what was important to what's not important. And when it's trying to be so clever with its lines so quickly, I'm like, do I write down this line? Do I skip this line? I eventually just like, fuck it. I don't care. I'm going to... There is nothing clever. Okay, so apparently I'm the one who's going to be playing defense for this movie, and spoiler movie, it's not going to go well. Uh, <laughs> again, as as you two have stated, saw it as a kid, loved it, much like Julian, always wanted a dog, didn't have one, just... And the nostalgia definitely hit me as soon as the movie started the music it's a simple tune simple melody nice variations on it it never like gets in the way of anything and i really like it and it just took me back but then i was also remembering as a kid i still found shadow boring and preachy oh really i always loved shadow as a kid no and i still found sassy a little too prissy to be funny and so really michael j fox is what makes the movie for me Chance is the saving character, and um, but yeah, it's not that I can call it bad, just bland. I wasn't bored, but it was such an easy watch. I'd never even had to pause to take notes, which has never happened before for this show. Wow. Uh, I have so few notes, I don't think I'll barely have to scroll down to get through them. If there's little kids and you want to put it on, it's not even an hour and a half. It, you know, nice way to hold their attention. Otherwise pass this it's not there's nothing for adults and like unless you are the singularly the most boring adult on the planet <laughs> there is nothing for you in this film this film is designed to babysit your children and it did a hell of a job when i was a kid same same we it had... made overtime <laughs> <laughs> all right so we're gonna take a quick break and when we get back we will start breaking down homeward bound the Incredible Journey. Oh man, I can't believe it. It's it's finally our wedding day. I know. Everyone's here. I'm totally acting. And our two families will be joined as one. Are you ready to begin, my children? We are, Father. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. <laughs> Underwear. Got a little distracted by that noise. Let me start again. Dearly... I'm, I'm sorry, could somebody do something about that? Oh, don't worry. They'll settle down. Please continue, Father. Very well. <clears throat> Dearly beloved, we have gathered here... <laughs> <laughs> Seesaw! Okay, no, seriously, I can't perform the ceremony with all that racket. Why aren't your pets here where you can control them? Whoa, 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 Nelly. Did you say control our beloved pets? Uh, we don't control our fur babies in this house. That's human supremacy. They are free range, organic. Oh, fucking Christ, it's those kind of people. Organic means we pay no attention to them and leave them when it's mildly inconvenient. Do this one more time. 
dearly That's it. That's it. I now pronounce you dipshit and moron. You may now kiss the terrible pet owner, haver, holder, whatever. You're not a beat Nick, but you beat your Nick. does that even I don't know. And we're back, and my very first note for this movie is, holy shit, the early 90s Disney logo looks cheap. <laughs> <laughs> well, I opened up my my notes, and I found the fourth person. I found the fourth cast member. Um, and that's actually in the French dub. Shadow is played by Jean Reno. Oh, seriously? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good choice. That, yeah, great casting choice. The the sky blue background and just the white silhouette of the Disney castle and logo coming down while the, you know, when you wish upon a star. And I think we're just so spoiled because today we have the Disney introduction is just this orgiastic. I kind of like this one. I mean, it, again, maybe the nostalgia, but it's just simpler and it gets out of the way a lot faster. It does. It's less self-congratulatory. So we start off with some Michael J. Fox voiceover. Uh, he tells us that his name is Chance. And by the way, I'm not going to be using anybody's real names in this because I was so bored. They don't know <laughs> their real names. They're just going to be their, 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 their dog and cat names. Fair enough, fair enough. But as Nick is describing what, chance is talking about just imagine if you were watching this for the first time not knowing this character's a dog yeah because he, he tells us his name is chance which is like yeah if you don't know this character's a dog already weird he says this might be a strange name but you know all names are strange if you really think about it and no <laughs> some of us have pretty pretty normal names for our social cultural context and so it opens up to a small town, you know, it's very Americana train tracks imagery. And he tells us this whole sad story about how he was abandoned as a pup and he spent his time living on the streets and then how he got locked up in the pound. But he doesn't like to talk about that because but he's quick- not using words like pup and pound, just like how he got locked up. Right. Okay. I don't like to think about that's This is what I mean by not knowing it's a dog, because it sounds like. A runaway kid or something who's in and out of the system. And then it ends with, I found a place which had all the underwear I could eat. And then the reveal <laughs> is that he's a dog. Yes, because a family came and rescued him by adopting him again, like could be a kid. And then he's, you know, and I, I just need to go on my little mini rant here. Adopting a fucking pet isn't rescuing it. Okay, I hate it when people use this goddamn terminology. You adopted a pet. Good for you. You got yourself a pet. Um, This whole thing of like who rescued who, unless one of you pulled the other out of a burning building, neither. Cut that shit out. It's so fucking annoying. I think it depends on where they got it from. Yeah, it really depends on the circumstances. Like my brother literally scooped our cat off the streets of Miami before a tornado came in. I think that counts as rescuing. But if you just went down to the animal shelter and filled out some paperwork, you didn't fucking rescue it. Get over yourself. Hang on. This horse is really high. I'm going to get off it real quick. But as South Park has taught us, they just love murdering the dogs. They do love murdering the dogs. (laughs) So adoption is rescue. And so as, you know, Julian said, uh, Chance is eating underwear. And there's there's a wedding going on outside 
This is the most standing around wedding ever. Very standing around wedding. And by the way, what year is this? Because their outfits could be either in the 1960s or Little House on the Prairie. There is so much about this movie that is undefined. We don't even know where they live. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we, we kind of learn it's like adjacent to, to the Sierra Mountains because clearly that's where that's where it takes place. I was yeah, I was gonna jump a bit more into this when we got to the, the classroom scene that is completely unnecessary. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, he's eating underwear out of a nineteen fifties suitcase. The little girl at the wedding looks like, you know, she belongs on in a frontier prairie house. It's it's weird. Everything about it, there's the it, it, and amongst the standing around, like someone didn't tell the girl to react properly because the youngest brother puts a frog on the girl's shoulder. She goes, ew, frog drops on the floor. And then instantly she smiles and looks back up at the father. She is not a good actor. And mother getting married. She... It's it's the most poor. It's a very brief moment. Both her and the younger brother, Jamie, um, I thought were fine. They could have been really fucking annoying, but they just weren't given anything to do. And so therefore... Oh no, she she was annoying. She smiled so much. It was just I I I the one issue with this movie is that there were so many family smiles and cheesy moments that I swear I look forward to just scowling for the rest of my life. Well, that's why we are the way we are, but that's what a good old <laughs> family Disney movie is like. That's just part of the package. Again, she wasn't given much to do except just smile and stuff. The older brother actually has shit to do in this movie, and he is terrible <laughs> like he's the one i got sick of the most very easily yeah he's pretty bad but we learned through voiceover that they're kind of doing a brady bunch situation here so like two adults who already have kids um so it's striker from airplane and blonde lady who kind of looks like dana from the west wing but not her. She was in the amazing movie Brazil. She played Jill Layton. And the only reason she got that role is she kind of looked like Jamie Lee Curtis, who they couldn't get. <laughs> I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis, if you are if you see it, if you now if you if you see her in Brazil, it makes more sense. Okay. With the haircut and everything that they had. So. She does not look like Jamie Lee Curtis. In not this in this. No, <laughs> at all. So, yes, yeah, she like, she's the mother of the boys. He's the dad of the girl. And in the voiceover, Chance, the dog is, you know, talking about, oh, you know, I'm, you know, the, the littlest one is my human and the cat sassy, you know, the girl is her human. And I'm just like 101 Dalmatians did the pets owning humans bit way better than this movie. I thought all three kids were hers. Because the scene at the end, when she says, please, daddy, and everyone has that, like, look. Which kids belong to which parents? Oh, that was that was never clear. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I said, there's so much that's... I'm, I'm going to skip to the end of the movie, because she has that, like, oh, hey, daddy, and everyone kind of stops. It's like, <gasps> it's like a, <gasps> she called me dad moment. I could have sworn she was his kid. All right, well, anyway, everyone's standing around smiling, and then there's Peter, who is already giving off serious you're-not-my-dad vibes. It's, tell me he's not your father without saying you're not my dad. And he's somehow not the kid from Hook. <laughs> I keep mistaking him. So while this wedding is going on outside, uh, Chance apparently has uh, awoken Sassy the Cat. And comes. she comes in, and, you know, there's really... 
strained bickering between them back and forth because they don't like each other, you see. They're not friends yet. At some point, Sassy pushes it too far, calls Chance a butt sniffer, and that sets off a fight. So outside at the wedding, you just hear shit breaking inside and, you know, stock audio library cat noises as the husband and wife do the, you know, kiss the bride moment. Yeah, no one thought it would be a good idea to dog and cat sit whilst the wedding was going on. No, all the humans in this movie don't know how to take care of cats and dogs. I mean, they they, they can't, otherwise there's no movie. <laughs> and I wrote here that the little boy has the correct reaction to marriage. As uh, <laughs> as his mom and dad covers his eyes. Yeah, I exactly, kid. So then we get a butt eye view of the catering chef, <laughs> who I had here as Orson Welles spliced with Oliver Platt. Yeah, I I, I tried looking this guy up. It's no, he just yeah, just generic dude and for some reason wears a full chef uniform Mm -hmm. to cater a wedding chad says he never forgets a face and this dog who is on a mission he's he's like an american bulldog i think just for anyone who wants a visual of what kind of dog this is he's on a mission to get food he's begging he begs the chef who's like no get the fuck out of here literally everyone is get the fuck out of here except for one guy who hands him some broccoli yeah and 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 chance says hasta la vista broccoli to this broccoli because apparently chance is a very pop culture savvy dog it's how children can identify with the dog is by the unification against broccoli yeah and he knows arnold schwarzenegger and of course the the uh, the old ladies are <laughs> foreshadowing the very little plot there is to this movie about this family is going to be going away and... even i did not take that as foreshadowing <laughs> Yeah, it's just just by the way, this is what the plots of the movie is going to be like in a little bit. Shoo, run away. <laughs> the expositioning old ladies and the San Francisco thing, the entire premise of this doesn't make any sense. Nope, not at all. And we will we will absolutely be breaking that down in a lot more I'm detail. surprised it's taken us as long as it has to get through this sequence. Well, right, because there's just because again, like I said, there's so much that goes on and nothing happens. But yeah, it's chances trying to find food. Next. He has a moment with Sassy, and this takes a while, and it means fucking nothing. Sassy's been watching him trying to get food, and she's like, look, the easiest way to get food is to pretend that you don't want food. And he's like, yeah, right, whatever. Okay, Chance does have a great line here. Chance is like, well, that's stupid. She goes, I'll prove it. Oh, you don't have to prove it. I believe you're stupid. (laughs) This is what I mean. Michael J. Fox is the saving grace of this movie. He is. And so the cat goes up to the little girl, and the little girl immediately offers her shrimp. All this proves is Chance had to walk up to Jamie. Right. The little girl. Well, yeah. No, Chance would go to his Yeah, human. go to his human. But, you know, she goes up to her human, does this whole thing. Oh, no, I couldn't possibly eat the shrimp. No, I, I put on four ounces last Christmas. So I haven't taken it off. No, no, no. And then eventually she succumbs and eats the shrimp and then gets another shrimp. Yeah, this is the beginning of the sassy sexist stereotype, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's very much a stereotype of the the preening lady. Like I said, too prissy to be funny. Even when I was a kid, I recognized it. Yeah, I mean, and she again, she never needed to pretend that she didn't need want shrimp. 
the girl would just give her shrimp. And by the way, her being able to manipulate human, like this doesn't pay off ever. This is just so we can have this fucking moment. <laughs> and so that they can do a callback later. That's all it is. Maybe one call. I, I don't yes, even remember. Yes, there is the call. a callback. Okay, you'll have I... to point it out. After this, for the first time, for a million times, we're going to fucking hear it in this film. <laughs> Sassy tells Chance that cats rule and dogs drool. Great. Great. Remember that? Yeah. I was speaking of sexist things, but this this was a common schoolyard taunt, and it was usually within the context of boys rule, girls drool, or vice versa. That that was the normal application of this saying in elementary school, and they clearly knew it and put it in the film. See, you had to blow my mind with who got writing credits now because of shit like this. <laughs> yeah, because of all this. Like, yeah, now you know the caliber of writer who wrote this film, and you're like, how the fuck was did this? <laughs> it's either Disney executives executive did to death. It had to have been. So Chance spots the wedding cake, and he's like, I want some of that. Except no, because we cut to him. And then he takes a break to have him watch Shadow and Peter play basketball. Shadow and Peter have one of their many, oh, good boy, and oh, I love you, Peter. You're the best human ever. And Chance is like, fuck this happy shit. Where's that cake at? And yeah, it, it is very uncomfortable hearing <laughs> the voice of an older man talking about how much he loves a boy. It's just, it gets really uncomfortable. It happens a lot. Again, I just space out. I just space out when Shadow goes on his rants. He, he just bores me. Yeah, I'm not sure I agree with you on that because because I, I I actually really liked Shadow, especially as a kid. He was he was my hero. Yeah. So Shadow is the old golden retriever. He's very loyal. He knows what it means to be a dog. And by the way, I think this is a good point because now we've introduced all the animals. Can we? quickly go over what the original names for these animals were in the in the book in the first movie oh i didn't bother to write down but yeah they are different breeds different names the the one whose shadow is is more of a bulldog type right dog. he's a english bull terrier and his name is bodger the 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 young whippersnapper that michael j fox is playing uh it was the Labrador Retriever and a Luath. His name was Luath. I said, yeah, but more more of a a lab than just like a golden ret- regular shaggy golden retriever. Either. And the cat was a Siamese named Tao. And I think and I think after the Lady of the Trap, what? Not what? Nothing? Huh? <laughs> yeah, Lady in the Trap and um, Aristocats. Yeah, no. I feel like they, at some point, Disney's like, okay, we can't have racist against Asian cats in a third movie. <laughs> at least not in live action. Not in can. live action. So, I mean, she's still a Himalayan cat, but her name is Sassy, and she's not playing an Asian stereotype. I never saw the quote-unquote live action remake of Lady and the Tramp when they did all CG. Did they keep that scene? I guarantee you they did it. Oh, no way in hell. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, oh, but they should have. They should have. I am. I am gonna check once we're done here today. It's like I'm pretty sure they didn't do the crows in the live action Dumbo remake. <laughs> Got to check. Got to follow up on this shit. <laughs> well, they made King Louis white, so. 
<laughs> Most of this review is just going to be talking about other movies because nothing happens in this one. And this movie's not interesting. So, But anyways, <laughs> after watching this mushy back and forth between Shadow and the older boy, the dad's talking to the kids. They're going to San Francisco. The kids are like, why can't we take the dogs to San Francisco? The cat, he says, because it's going to be tight living conditions. And no, motherfucker, we eventually see your house. You absolutely could have taken the pets with you. Yeah, this is a lie. Doesn't make any sense. The premise is stupid. This is one of the many contrivances in this film. And he basically gives Peter, the older kid, like, they we're going to send him to a shadow to a farm upstate bitch he's like oh he's gonna love it he can run around and have so much fun i'm like are you killing the dog (laughs) this is what my note is about i thought it actually took place at the ranch but because it's a reaction to him talking about how there's gonna be all this space he's gonna be running around he's gonna have all this fun and we'll be back before he even knows you're gone. And so my note is, <laughs> your dog will forget you. <laughs> yeah, that's how dogs work. Your dog will forget you, Peter. <laughs> your dog will forget you. Someone else will feed it. And they will learn that that is the human that they need to <laughs> suck up to in order to survive in this world. But anyways, he also stresses that this is going to be a temporary move because anything permanent might run the risk of giving this movie stakes. <laughs> right. He's like, you know, what if he doesn't understand? What if this this misunderstanding turns into a flimsy premise for an early 90s children's movie. Huh, Dad? Huh? And, and What if this turns into a flimsy premise for an early 90s children's movie? Not my dad. <laughs> he just has nothing but scorn for Bob in this. So back at the party, Stryker is hyping up the wedding cake because his new mother-in-law made it. But uh-oh. Chance is eating it. And I didn't remember this, but it turns out the cake was made out of chocolate and Chance died and the movie became a really poignant <laughs> lesson about the responsibilities of pet ownership. It got really dark, but I'm really glad it did because they were super irresponsible. I wanted to I wanted to bring up the best reaction in this entire movie, which comes from the old man when he sees that Chance has eaten the cake. He is so excited about it. Yes, and, and the little kid Jamie definitely grew up to be this kind of old man because everyone else is ew. I'm guessing that it's Ted Stryker's mom who's like almost fainting. Oh. Yeah. Oh, my stars. But the guy who basically catches her is just laughing his ass off. It's fantastic. <laughs> I was not paying attention to that. There was only so much of this movie my brain could allow in. Can we get to the kid having a balloon seizure? Oh, I was totally this kind of kid. I was totally this kind of kid. I would literally do that sort of thing. So JB has a balloon and he's got the little end where you would tie the knot. He's basically got that in his mouth and he's waddling around just shaking his head back and forth. Yeah, what in the actual fuck? It is so much fun. You gotta try it. But in terms of like a production's liability, that thing pops in his mouth. He chokes on the balloon. The kid dies. You're not even biting down on it. You get like the knot is just barely in your teeth. You can accidentally bite on that. You. (sighs) It never happened. Some dumb kid did. I guarantee to you some kid died because they had a balloon in their mouth and they popped it and they choked on the balloon pieces and they fucking died. I guarantee. Fucking tea. Then they deserved it. They did. Oh, they do. Darwin still matters in today's day and age. But I'm just talking about in terms of a production perspective, you would think like the insurance company would say, hey, this scene needs to fucking go. 
No, this is like 30 no. years ago. <laughs> right, this was 30 years ago. They didn't give nearly as much of a shit about kids. I mean, they're full on letting cats run around, even though we all know that they eliminate so many bird species. That's the movie that we didn't see with Sassy going feral and having a hundred kittens and several species of owl going extinct. I would be impressed if Sassy went feral. At one point, they're on the top of a mountain and she claims she's waiting for a bus. I mean... That is the gritty reboot of this story that we need. So anyways, while this kid is, you know, playing with fire, risking death with a balloon in his mouth, uh, Sassy and the little girl are playing on the seesaw. And so Chance, because again, they're going to beat to death that he and Sassy are rivals, jumps on the seesaw, foreshadowing, by the way, and launches Sassy into... The sandbox. The next thing that will have a single callback brought to it. And the little girl rightfully freaks out because her cat just got fucking launched across the yard. And, you know, Sassy's like, oh, he threw, launched me into the, you know, the, the giant litter box. So clearly she's taking fat cat shits. In oh, the- of course she has. <laughs> On the rare occasion that she ever went outside. Right. The very rare occasion because she's a debutante and she would, doesn't like going outside. Um, but yeah, the brothers, the stepbrothers laugh at their stepsister's sadness because they're dicks cats getting launched in the air that is the most natural reaction in this movie (laughs) is the the cat gets launched she gets upset and the two little boys just fucking lose it (laughs) i tell you guys you have to try it i told you before the show it it, you've got to try it it does make you smile not the last time these boys will be dicks to this little girl by the way nope and it's yeah so again how many times do we have to establish that sassy and chance don't get along and that shadow disapproves of chance because shadow has been like lecturing chance throughout all this opening shenanigans like chance tried to eat the turkey yeah i'm so glad you did not bring up every time that he tried to eat the turkey shit. and shadow was like oh young pup you need to i don't know old man condescending bullshit and so here's the thing what time jump is this because this cat launching thing happens they're no longer in wedding clothes because the dad comes out in regular clothes and is like hey i've got luggage here time to go so is this the same day because chance pukes and the little kid is like grandma's wedding cake so i'm like did you have a wedding the day you were gonna leave to go to san francisco you can already tell this is a terrible marriage I mean, I mean, we'll get to the mom a little later, or should I say the absence of a mom? Because I think she's given, what, two lines in this entire movie? More or less, yeah, basically. But it's it's just this entire family thing is driven by the dad. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the early 90s, and, you know, he- God forbid women get to have a role in movies that's in any way substantial, but... I think what you mean to say is, God forbid they don't know their place. Yes. I don't have any going to hell lines for this movie. It just came to me. <laughs> it's know. really hard to go to hell in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, this movie is purgatory. <laughs> it, it, God, it is purgatory. <laughs> yeah, so again, like the time frame of this movie really fucking weird. So now, But yeah, fam- that was something I was trying to figure out, because... It's like, okay, people at the wedding know that this job move thing is happening. And I assumed they would have a couple weeks to have at least a little honeymoon period or something. But no, he pukes up the cake. 
And apparently, maybe had a balloon because he or or no, it's the underwear because he says like cake and nylon or something like that. Don't go. Yeah, together. cake and nylon don't mix. So yeah, it's the same day. Sure, why not? This movie doesn't care, neither do I. So the family drives through the night, and Chance and Vio is musing about how this family is pretty good so far as humans go. You know, he doesn't really have a lot of trust for humans after his stint in the pound. And he he notices that they and the other animals seem kind of happy. So, you know, maybe I could be happy in this family unit too, you know? And because we need another fucking pointless gag cut to him with his head out the window his ears flapping it's like da bat dog one of the many unfortunate jokes that i was speaking of it earlier. amused the shit out of young me i'll say that <laughs> i'm sure it did yeah this is before the internet and we had all of those <laughs> youtube videos of dogs and cats that basically did all this but better close-up animals with a wide-angle lens wearing hats did better <laughs> <this movie>. exactly <laughs> So they arrive at their family friend's ranch. They are in a fucking wood-paneled Jeep. Who the fuck thought that wood-paneling on cars was a good idea? Dear God, this is an (laughs) ugly, ugly car. And so their family friend, I she's not really a well-known actress, so I just had her down as uh, General Store Kim Cattrall. Oh, no, she's been in a few things. Well, everyone in this has been in a few things. Yeah, Jean Smart. Jean Smart. <laughs> she's, been, she's been in a few things. She was in 24. She was Martha Logan, president's wife. General Store Kim Cattrall. <laughs> they explained what, you know, she's, she's a, so, such a good friend that she's going to look after their animals, but they have to explain why she wasn't at the wedding, and it's just... She couldn't make it. <laughs> That's it. This really good friend of theirs that the, the wife went to college with just couldn't make it. She's a day's drive away. Couldn't make it. Every so often you hear a writer say, this is not a plot hole. <laughs> and then just put it back. And then they're just, great, gotta go. <laughs> I forget how they get rid of Sassy. Shadow's easy. You tell him to stay. He's a good boy chance they throw a frisbee really fucking far so they get in the car before he gets back with it which is such a dick move one of the moments that i was talking about earlier that actually got me a bit was shadow sitting and then just looking after them and saying stay Uh, that got me a little bit didn't get me nope oh there's also a a gag with chance when he first gets out of the car he starts chasing the chickens and he's like i've died and gone to kentucky because of Kentucky Fried Chicken. Then he makes more KFC references later. Yeah, you get one in your movie, movie. You don't get to make two KFC jokes in your fucking movie. And by the way, those chickens are dead. Just so you know. Because I had (laughs) dachshunds, right? And we took them to a place where there were chickens. Dachshunds are like the itty-bittiest of dogs. They murdered the fuck out of the (laughs) chicken. These little dogs. We came back. And they were just, their snouts were covered in blood and they were like wagging their tails and happy to see us. These just little gore <laughs> smothered murderers. So a dog of Chance's side has kills all those chickens, by the way. The fact that he doesn't kill any of these chickens is bullshit. Oh, and um, because we need to, again, let everybody know what's going to happen later in the movie, General Store Kim Cattrall lets us know that she's going to be away for a few days. But don't worry, her neighbor Frank is going to come by and take care of the animals. Another casual abandonment. (laughs) Yeah. She leaves before he ever shows up. These humans are super good at taking care of animals. But that's also what happens in the book and the movie. So this is not necessarily the movie's, this movie's fault. I mean, they could have figured out a better way to do it. I mean, technically it is the movie's fault, but not 
you know, it is the movie, so it is the movie's fault. <laughs> yes, that that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it just felt like contrivance after contrivance. Oh, oh. bug me. And we're going to get to a third contrivance, by the way. <gasps> a third one? <laughs> yeah, th- th- this movie could have been called Homeward Bound, The Incredible Contrivance. It's just... <laughs> Oh, see, Jules. There you so the, the the family leaves, and in the car, the kids are super sad, and the parents are like, "Don't worry, we're gonna be back in a couple of weeks." And the older boy is like, "But I promised them that we'd yeah. be back oh in a God. week." And the mother is very like, "Yeah, they don't know the difference. They're animals. They don't speak." <laughs> right? Yeah, they do. Okay, promise we'll be back in two weeks. And the dad's like, "Okay, I promise." And this is what I mean by this kid is the worst because he was given shit to do right yeah this was this is the older boy who's like throwing this hissy fit the girls like says to to striker do you cross your heart and he's like cross my heart i'm like no hope to die no because peter will make it happen motherfucker (laughs) (laughs) at this point i was just expecting striker to develop his drinking problem (laughs) and just throw water into his i was already bored and fucking so sick of the multiple contrivances Uh, again i'm surprised you've talked this much about the movie instead of just like let's skip this shit because i am a professional god damn it (laughs) but this is 14 minutes into the movie and my note here already says the mash theme song says that suicide is painless i wonder if that's true i'm gonna go see if that's true this is how much i am not liking this movie already my god so back at the farm shadow is super bummed about his boy leaving gross why is an older man talking about his boy even in voiceover it's just i did not like it but he's sure his boy will come back so the next morning general store kim Catrall, you know like those big metal triangles you have on a farm to let everybody know it's supper time she's ringing that as if the animals know what that means because it's time for breakfast when it's clearly three in the afternoon and this is where we get second kfc joke because chance is like looking at the chicken coop and says okay so which one of you are regular and which of you are extra crispy there's one thing though through the feeding sequence did uh, did either of you guys notice on a fridge there was a sign? There was a little note that said "All Arabian Youth Show." I did September seventh. This was the craziest thing. I was like, "Wait, in rural America, you have enough Arabian youth to do a show?" <laughs> oh, horses! It's horses. Okay, I was about to, I, like, I'm listening to this, going, "Am I going to have to explain this one to Nick and Jules? That that's a type of horse. He has a ranch." But for, here's the thing: for city boys, you are like you're much more likely to meet an Arab person than an Arabian horse. Like, let's it's be true, honest. Yeah. <laughs> But yes, as we get Chance being super impatient, you know, try to eat Shadow's kibble and General Storm Kim Control being like, nope, nope, get off. Finally gives him his kibble. Yeah, on the fridge is this fucking Arabian, all Arabian youth show. That must have been why, like, I didn't notice it because it just made sense. It just fit in. What I noticed is that there's these weird shots of Sassy almost scared out of her damn mind at the way Chance is acting. And it's not a fluffy cat. What do you mean by this? Like, it's a different cat. Because <laughs> Sassy's super fluffy. <laughs> and this cat is not. It got a haircut or something. No, dude, on these movies, they absolutely use multiple animals. Like, when they make Air Bud, there are seven Air Buds that they're constantly cycling through throughout the film. No, it's just seven different Air Bud movies. <laughs> <laughs> that series will never fucking die. Air Bud in space. <laughs> <laughs> 
there's no rule that says they can't. In fact, that was one of the first astronauts was the Air anyways. So. <laughs> in space, no one can hear you, basketball. Oh, God. In space, no one can hear you. I love you, my boy. Oh, you're <laughs> my favorite human, Peter. Oh, God. That's how shadow. That's exactly how Shadow sounds. That's why you need to go to space so you don't <laughs> hear this. That's why you need to go to space so Shadow doesn't molest you. Jesus. <laughs> In space, no one can hear Shadow molest you. Ah, there's a t-shirt. I will not have any of this talking about Shadow. I love Shadow. In this. Oh my god, I don't know how I'm going to manage it, but that is going to be a t-shirt. Uh, uh, oh, fuck. oh fuck. Uh, I gotta write this down. Eventually, General Store Kim Cattrall gets around defeating Sassy, but Sassy doesn't want to eat the cold food because normally her food gets warmed up. And so within three seconds, Chance just eats it. What is this scene? What does this scene do? There's like, we know Sassy and Chance are rivals. This scene is bullshit. God damn you for wasting my time, movie. Now we get a montage of Chance harassing various farm animals. It was the only moment where I liked Sassy. Because when she's like, oh, here's breakfast, here you go. I, I did write, mmm, cat food, fresh out of the fridge, yum. <laughs> <laughs> and so I will give Sassy credit for, for being a bitch about Yeah, no, Chance was a dick here. So cut to montage of Chance harassing various farm animals, pigs, ducks he eventually he chases a goose and he says i don't want to hurt you i just want to chew on your neck pretty accurate portrayal of a dog yep very accurate portrayal of a dog so he finally gets into the chicken coop again says a bunch of michael j fox stuff that i i can't i can't keep up with the fucking banter but there's a turkey in there why is there a turkey in the chicken coop go fuck yourself for this very reason (laughs) territory he freaks chance out chance could kill the turkey but he freaks him out he's like ah birdzilla i'll never eat another mcnugget again i'm very pop culture savvy for some reason so chance finds a very bummed out shadow they're not coming back get used to it like this is what humans do they just abandon you and they leave you alone and here's the thing chance has so much more life experience than Shadow. Shadow was just raised in captivity. He's always been around humans. He's very naive. And he's supposed to be like the one who's wisened in the ways of the world. And he knows how it is to be a dog. But Chance has seen some shit. And honestly, his experience in life is so much more valuable and valid than fucking Shadow's. And and let loose, man. We Look at all the fun shit there is to do around here. This is the life. This is even better than where we just were. Just start sniffing some shit. But Shadow has to, like, lecture. She's like, you know, how dare, shame on you. How could you betray your boy like that? You call yourself a dog. Dogs are both supposed to be faithful, loyal, and true. And I'm like, no, dude, that's the Boy Scouts. And it's the sheep's oath in Babe. (laughs) (laughs) Do your fleece, your flock be true. (laughs) Bob Ram you. (laughs) I'm still not ready to be this cynical about Shadow. Oh, I'm already very cynical about Shadow. Chance has seen some shit. Chance is a much more, like, broader worldview. Chance's opinion is a lot more valuable. Oh, don't get me wrong. Shadow's an idiot. (laughs) All these dogs (laughs) and animals are being portrayed accurately in a sort of obsessive, functional kind of way. I thought it was kind of good. Yeah, but he's just long-winded. What, dogs can't be long-winded? I mean, depends on how you feed them. (laughs) 
<laughs> so even Sassy misses her human. She's like, hey, you know, Chance, didn't you know that your little boy was sad when he left? And I'm just like, I'm so bored. I'm so bored. <laughs> so the family calls the pets from their new place in San Francisco that absolutely was big enough to accommodate all the animals. <laughs> this movie's bullshit. God damn it. The, oh, the one good shadow moment's coming up. General Store Kim Cattrall is like, you know, oh, yeah, here you can talk to him. Puts the the phone receiver next to Shadow's ear, and Shadow's like, I hate it when they do this because I just don't understand what they're saying. And Sassy's like, do you know, just humor them. And just fucking why? And Sassy just humor him, so he barked. And everyone just, like, pisses themselves with glee. The sister in San Francisco asks what Shadow said. Yeah, because it couldn't just be barked. He barked in the phone. Yeah, I was about to say, he said woof, kid. He said woof. What the fuck do you think he said? <laughs> right. What do you expect? Well, my note for this scene is, um, this scene is brought to you by the worst kid acting coach in the world. I, I swear, the emotional reactions on these children in this scene, as well as most of the scenes, but it's, I don't always give acting notes, but when I do, I tell them to smile and stare. It, it just... Every time, especially that young girl, she just always just smiles. She has a, the off. briefest moment of not smiling because Peter replies. Chet's ate sassy. He says that Chet's ate sassy. <laughs> and she just like <laughs> droops as if she believes that. Oh, uh, just kidding. You know, she loves it there. Like a genuine. And thing. then right back to the. <laughs> yeah, she finds this fucking hilarious. It's so awful. Yeah, yeah. She's suddenly like, oh, that was such a good joke. Okay, question is, this was at the, the breakfast table, right? Yes. Okay, Okay. I just want to make sure, because something else I noticed here, they got cereal on the table. Right. On this table, instead of milk to go with their cereal, they have half and half. Who the fuck puts half and half in their cereal? I don't know, but I made milkshakes with half and half once, and it was amazing. Yeah, these kids are going to have heart attacks by the time they're 15. Jesus. <laughs> Like, you can feel it clogging you up, but it's so good. They put the milk in and brought the bowls to the table, but you have to add shit to your coffee after you get to the table. These kids are drinking coffee already? No, I don't know. Why else do you have half and half? <laughs> because you want your cereal to kill you at some point. <laughs> and seriously, I, so my note here again, because I just descend into madness as this movie goes on. <laughs> I said, I will find religion and join a monastic order if this movie comes up with a plot. Just <laughs> Jesus, please can this have a plot. And so cut to Chance. He's chewing on a shoe. He's really starting to like the place, but Sassy doesn't like the place because it's really hard to keep herself clean here. Uh... <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Cut to a uh, note writing scene. And this note writing scene is brought to you by Marshall's Feed and Seed because <laughs> that is what's embossed on the fucking notepad. And when it pulls out, it's what's on the thermometer on the side of the workbench. Like this is in the stable or wherever the fuck on the farm. She has five identical saddles for uh, one horse. <laughs> sure. And also, again, because this was far more interesting to me than the plot of the movie, on the the Marshall's Feed and Seed notepad, the phone number is like an old-timey, like, you know, Klondike 50274, because that is literally the fucking number. It's KL50274. It's not even like a modern phone number. And then contrived wind. Yeah. And then contrived wind. Yeah. So basically, this is clearly a note to Frank who's going to come take care of the animals. And she's like letting them know what her know what happened. But one of the notes gets blown off the table. Which makes no 
fucking sense because she's got a little, I don't know what it is, that she pins it under. Yeah, she puts it under like a, a kerosene lamp. And then her weak-ass barn door gently closes and somehow that makes enough wind to dislodge a page. Ridiculous. And we'll, we'll <laughs> talk a bit more later about what this does to the plot of the film and it is fucking stupid. So is that Contrivance 3 right there? Was that was That's that Contrivance 3. three. All right. I'm going to try and guess. Minimum. Do you have a total <laughs> a number of contrivances and I would like to guess them as we go? I did not keep tally, but those Cuz I know of a few more. I know of a few more, but I didn't know what your total was. Okay. I I you would lose count if you tried to count. <laughs> so we're we're back on the porch with the three animals. Shadow is wondering where Peter, his boy is because he really wants his boy Chase is chewing on this like not Chase another chance. amazing chance line. Yeah, this is a like a great chance line because Chance is chewing on this really old leather shoe, and Sassy's like, "Don't you know where that's been?" To which Chance replies, "I do." That's why I love it. <laughs> you want some? To which Sassy replies, "I'm not into leather." This movie got kinky really quick. Is this where the teen sex comedy thing from the review came from? Maybe I, I maybe. <laughs> Just expecting Sassy and Chance to get together in a weird, different species kind of way. There was something earlier in, in Shadow's old man shtick about how uh, Chance was due for a rolled up newspaper, and he was pretty fine with the idea. Yeah, I remember that. That sounded, that was just casual animal abuse, is very casual. <laughs> it's not abuse if there's consent. <laughs> so, general store Kim Cattrall leaves takes her horse she's gonna go on some like cattle drive or whatever the fuck it is and this freaks the animals out they're like oh my god you know chance is like this is just like the pound you know chance's ptsd spikes oh yeah he's having fucking vietnam flashbacks right here yeah he needs an adult he's no no <laughs> she closed the gate she closed the gate i no no uh-uh uh-uh yeah and now shadow's like oh no it's fine <laughs> and he's like no dude you don't know what the world's like dude i've seen some shit no but then shadow starts like okay no something is wrong here something's wrong with peter and, and I need to get to my boy. Yeah, because, oh, they've been gone way too long. So, yes, sorry there. Um, what even is the wife's name in this movie? Apparently, they do understand the whole one week, two thing two week things i don't think so because because they have no concept of time no that's my point it's it's been a week because on the phone call peter's like oh hey we're gonna be an extra week and shadow's like yeah i don't get any of this shit and now they're outside and, and shadow's like no it's been too long he's just got dog sense and so shadow's like no i'm going home and it's like hey uh they close the gate and he's like i don't care about gates i'm going home and he jumps over a stump over the fence and i have shadow pull some hardcore parkour <laughs> And then very rationally, Sassy's like, hey, what if they come back here looking for us? And Shadow's like, nope, Peter needs me. Peter needs me. Yeah, staying here would be a rational decision, and that would mean there's no movie, Sassy. I'm going home, <laughs> goddammit. Well, he, he is thoroughly convinced that it's not that far. It's just over the hill. Even if it was just driving through the night, somehow he believes he can get there in even less time. Because the road was windy, but we're doing, we're going a straight shot right over that hill. So all the animals join him. There's some stupid thing with the birdzilla coming back that convinces Chance to join Sassy and Shadow, and that's when Shadow lets everyone know that no, it's just over the fucking hill. I I know what I'm doing. I'm not just blindly running into the woods because I'm a 
irrational dog. Right, he is an irrational dog. Dogs are irrational. And thus begins the first of a million shots of these poor animals just running. Like most of the acting the animals do on this movie is just running through the wilderness. There is more in this movie of main characters going through nature than there was in Predator. (laughs) Yes, this is true. Easily 80% of this movie is just animals going through nature. In fact, they used nature documentary photographers for second unit for all the other animals you see in this if they're not in frame it was professional uh like wildlife photographers they have a stock eagle sound when they get up to the top of the mountain and then later they got so excited because i think they actually did see an eagle but stock (laughs) eagle sounds aren't what eagles actually sound like that's a hawk or a falcon i forget but it, oh, that's okay. not actually what eagles even sound like. <laughs> Damn you, Hollywood, you've brainwashed me. <laughs> so we get some more pointless banter between the animals that I didn't care to write down because it's pointless. Oh, they're terrible jokes. Yeah. Most of them are really terrible. Uh, Sassy is, you know, pissy about the hard ground and da da da. This is where the bus thing comes from. Chance does have another wonderful line, though, because they get to the top of the hill. And they're just like, oh, my God, would you look at that? This is amazing. This is beautiful. You can see everything. Oh, except the house. Where, where, where's the house at, Shadow? Well, it's it's not much further. But before this, just because in case we wanted to know where in the country this was, we have a scene in the San Francisco classroom. Oh, yeah, the useless classroom scene. Yeah, where basically they talk about the Sierra Mountains and all you get is Peter really misses his dog because he's doodling Shadow. And it's like, I know you miss your dog. We At least you get, like, let us know where on earth this movie takes place. But other than that... But here's the problem with things being incredibly vaguely defined. All we, we know the family's in San Francisco. How far into the Sierras were the pets let off? Where is their original house? Like, the teacher's talking about how massive this mountain range is and how impossible... Just set up how impossible it would be to find them. They could have been dropped within 15 miles of the house. Like, you don't know where anything's actually located in this movie. I'm, I'm not going to give that any more thought. Could have used an Indiana Jones map sequence is what we're Would have been good. <laughs> or, at least, or at least a stock teacher yells at him to pay attention in class moment or something. Like, there's just nothing... <laughs> Low conflict scenes is a reoccurring thing. Frank, this friend who's supposed to come in and take care of the animals while General Store Kim Cattrall's away, comes in, finds the note, just the one page of the note, and from reading this one page, somehow thinks that General Store Kim Cattrall has taken the animals with her on this cattle drive. Yeah, because it ends mid-sentence. It's like, oh, they seemed homesick, so I've taken them... And he's like, where the fuck did you take what? He's like, you know, he's looking at the other side, trying to find the rest of the message. And and he says to himself, on a cattle drive? Are you shitting me? You're taking pets on a fucking cattle drive? And, and then he just kind of goes, all right, let's go feed the other animals. My note here is, I literally don't believe this. This is stupid. <laughs> and here's the thing. They're repeating this same plot point from the original movie. They did this in the original movie, apparently. So they're just repeating this really stupid plot point. And so contrived that even the guy barely believes it. Yeah. So I've I've worked it out then because we were we've been puzzling over how could these writers of such incredible talent, you know, have come up with something like this. Every once in a while, you just need a paycheck. Agreed. They're like, I'm working on this thing called Lion King. It's going to take me a few years. And 
you gotta eat. You gotta eat. So yeah, I'll do a remake pinning. You know, plus Lion King had a lot of iterations. There were some bad versions of the Lion King before they found the good. I love how we can't help but just talk about other movies instead of the one we watched. <laughs> so now we get to the the animals getting to the mountain range and thinking it's now we're at that point. You guys jumped ahead a little bit, but it's fine. Who gives a fuck? Shadow thinks it's you know homes on the other side of the hill. Nope, it's the fucking Sierra Mountains. It's just a mountain range, and because Shadow's a pig-headed idiot, he doesn't take this as a hint to turn around, which I believe was a suggestion from Sassy. I think and he says no. He's gonna find Peter. You know he's over there. Like don't worry, I've got a sixth sense about this, and you know don't worry, don't worry, Chance. You'll you'll get this one day. Chance who has way more fucking street smarts than you, <laughs> motherfucker. But he's not on the streets here. He's in the mountains. So the other dude decided they're going to go with him because they too are idiots. And so Chance <laughs> tells us in VO that how you know how much he admired Shadow's faith, wherever it might lead them. Do you want a domestic animal Jonestown? Because that's how you get a domestic animal Jonestown. <laughs> will they start a domestic animal Jonestown, or will this just continue to be a meandering mess of contrivance? Well, you're just going to have to find out after the break. Look, I'm telling you, Shadow, they're not coming back. That's just what humans are like. How dare you talk like that, Chance? You call yourself a dog. Taxonomically, yes, I'm I'm a dog. That's I call myself that. Such back talk. You know it's your duty to protect and love your boy, never leaving his... Okay, I'm going to ask this huge favor of you. Please stop using the word boy. It is really upsetting the way you do that. It is our job to be loyal to humans. Ever since the earliest dogs played fetch with cavemen, we've been there to keep him warm at night, be a constant companion for his happiness. You know what? Go fuck yourself. Seriously, you've lucked out and got to live with a family that actually gives a shit about you, but I got abandoned as a pup and had to survive on the streets. And when I eventually got locked up at the pound, I saw all the animals that had been beaten, abused, and abandoned by humans. You've lived a privileged and sheltered life and are completely fucking oblivious to the outside world. I have a sixth sense about things. And in time, Hasselhoff will bestow some on you as well. I saw dogs shank each other in there. I didn't even know that dogs could shank each other. Also, the fact that you completely dismiss my trauma and pretend that you're better and wiser than me means you're a condescending, narcissistic piece of shit. (sighs) You're making some weird noises. You don't want to respond to that? I'm just thinking about my boy. Oh, Peter. Okay, seriously, gross. This is what I'm talking about. Uh, hey, Jules, so that, that's that's where you come in as sassy. That's uh, you, you know what? No, I'm not doing this sketch. But, no, no, come on. We, we always do the sketches. What are you talking about? No, 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 no. You guys are being dicks to Shadow. Yeah, he's a flawed character, but we're trying to paint him as a pedophile, and I won't be a part of that. This is one of the few characters that I look back on fondly from my childhood and won't let you do this to him. Screw you both. I'm leaving. Taking my cake, my scones, and my spotted dick. Oh, oh, come on. Not the butter buns, man. The baked goods. Really? Oh, dude. Uh, oh. Come on. Come on, man. <sighs> yeah, he's gone. Took the fucking dick. All right. We, 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 we got we, we to gotta finish this up. I'll, I'll, I'll just play sassy. Ooh, look at me. I'm a prissy little cat. And I say prissy little cat things because I'm a girl. Ooh, loo, loo. That's sassy? You sound like Cartman with Cthulhu. Okay. This cat is literally beyond parody. Yeah, fair enough. He, he took, took the fucking the dick. dick. 
And we're back, and we find ourselves in the middle of a montage of the three pets running through the wilderness to inspirational music from Disney's Sea Squad Orchestra. And then they uh, end up falling asleep in Dagobah. <laughs> it's not quite. It's not quite Swampland. It's the same forest, similar similar sounds, the snakes, it's, I swear. Look, we had our moment with G.I. Joe. Now I have to go back to not everything is Star Wars. <laughs> I disagree. I know, which is why we have to keep having this talk. You know, you skipped a bunch of stuff and I don't give a fuck. We're just going to go from here because none of it matters. Literally none of it matters. I just want to drop two things. One... <laughs> Chance finds a pile of shit that he claims is bigger than sassy, but smells better. (laughs) (laughs) And then when they're trying to go to sleep, Shadow epically trolls them with stories of a moose. Like it's a ghost story that, you know, or, you know, the guy with one hook that's going to kill you. You see, I took it as like he didn't know what the fuck he was talking about. I think he did. I think he's making this up so that they'll try to rely on each other more. Sure. Yeah. Because like they, they hear a noise in the bushes and they're, like, they're freaked out and he's like, oh, my God, what was that? And he said, that was a moose. What's a moose? But it's like this giant monster with claws and huge teeth that will mangle you. It hunts for sport. And it's yeah. You know, he's, sassy's <laughs> up at a tree. She's like, it can't can't climb trees, can it? It doesn't have to. It can reach the top. You'd be safer on the ground with us. And I'm like, how the fuck does that work? Because they're on Earth and you can hear the molestation. <laughs> can an old man not be an old man? <laughs> nope. When you obsess over a boy, it gets weird. Well, it's an old dog. It doesn't matter. That's an old man voicing those words. And that is fucking weird. So Sassy's like, Sassy, sleeping in the dirt? I guess if I'm Fucking no. Again, because I continue to descend into madness, my note here is I will sacrifice my firstborn to Cthulhu <laughs> if this movie will develop an interesting plot. Well, the uh, 101 Dalmatians showed up in the woods because there's an excess of howling that comes out of nowhere for no reason. Yeah, are those supposed to be wolves? Wolves? Coyotes? I don't know. Some sort of wild canine. But sadly... These animals don't get eaten by a moose because then the movie would be over and Nick would be happy. So Chance gives Sassy a big slobbery good morning kiss. And Shadow thinks that he's found breakfast. They tried hunting earlier and Chance really sucked at it. And it's fishing time. That's right. And Chance can't catch any fish because he's too loud and impatient. And so he's got to ask Sassy to catch a fish for him. To which Sashi said, fuck you, you ate my breakfast earlier, starve motherfucker. No, that would have been a rational reaction, but apparently... No, she goes for the playground insults. You gotta first say the cats rule and dogs drool because this fucking saying is gonna be run into the ground. And he does, he says the thing, and then she force pulls a fish out of the river. (laughs) That's what it looks like. She uses the force. And this isn't too much Star Wars, John? Well, in this part, it's justified because she paws at the water. I guess that's her fly fishing maneuver. And all of a sudden, she just does a scooping motion 
and a fish flies out of the water. She did not catch it. Pulls her paw away from the river, and this like lures a. F- <laughs> like she's pulling a fish out. It looks like it's stuck on her paw, as opposed to her having like clawed it. It's. It doesn't even look like it's stuck to her paw. She is seriously using some telekinesis here. A domestic cat would have to use two paws to get a big-ass trout out of a river. Yeah, especially as pampered as, as Sassy has been. So this fish, like, flops its way inland as Chance chases it. And he's saying really funny things like, sit, stay, roll over to a fish? Could you imagine? It's so funny. So funny. Oh, God, the humor of it all. But he chases it right up to a pair of black bears. And these black bears, instead of beating up Chance and taking his lunch buddy because they're black bears and he's a fucking dog. I thought this was another one of those moments. And the black bears mauled the shit out of Chance and the movie ended. It was really strange. (laughs) Black bear babies. (laughs) They run away. They run up a tree because they're scared of dogs. They do this whole fake out where it's like, Chance, look behind you. Like, ah, don't worry. I, I smoked him. And it's like, no, 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 you, you, there's something really behind you. And out of the woods comes a motherfucking grizzly bear. <laughs> so, okay, so question. Was this movie trying to hint that these black bears were the grizzly bears cubs? Because grizzly bears are... I believe so. These do not look like grizzly bear cubs. They are very much black bears. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> Their fur just lightens as they get older. Adopted grizzly bear mom <laughs> chases them away. <laughs> So they keep going, and now they got to cross a river. Sassy's not into that, you know, being a catch, you know, couldn't possibly get her fur wet. She says, I don't have to swim. I have a note. Yeah, that's, these jokes really... Mm. <sighs> Can we get to the Japanese war cry? Yes, because uh, Chance <laughs> jumps in and yells, Bonsai. <laughs> yeah, Japanese war cry. This is what you yell right before you crash your zero into the side of an American ship. <laughs> And it's the water's apparently cold, and he says as he gets out, I think I shrank in there, so... Testicles. <laughs> yeah, we, we see Chance's balls a lot in this movie. We skipped over a scene, and we're not going back to it, but we, we've seen it several times. And we will see it several more times, because... Dogs. When we get back to sassy, sexist stereotyping all over the place. Uh, I'm done with sassy, really. <laughs> Cut her out. I mean, this movie could have ended her here, but no. <laughs> Um, so she doesn't want to swim. So she runs downstream to find a place where she can cross. She thinks she found one. She runs across some stones, tries to run up a log, but oh no, the log collapses and she gets swept away in the current. And Best part of the movie. I think they put a cat in the river. No, not really. There's, there's shitloads of trivia about this movie, which is basically dedicated to how they did not put animals in danger. Again, this movie is made by the power of editing. It's This is where it's a fake one. This is a real one. It This one had a harness. There's like four trainers just off camera. These close-up shots are almost a hot tub situation. That's how they still got the roiling, but the temperature wasn't very hot. Like, all kinds of shit. Oh, wow. Then it's... Uh, it has got the power of editing in spades. Well, directed by a great editor, right? Who did work on Star Wars. I will still give you that, Jules. <laughs> I get that. (laughs) (laughs) As I was saying, yeah, this movie definitely had me believing that they threw a cat in a river. 
So good job, movie, to your credit. Sassy goes over the waterfall and she dies and this forces Shadow to reflect on his fanaticism and pigheadedness and Nick was finally released of this bullshit movie. Just kidding, it's a kid's movie. We know this cat's not dead and we keep going. Except what you said kind of happens. It kind of does, eh? <laughs> And how he's an old fool for forcing you to come on this crazy journey and we never should have done it. And Yeah. Yeah, no, no part of him thinks, well, we should probably go back the way we, they, we came because we've... Oh, fuck no. We've come this far already. Apparently. And by the way, he doesn't, they, they don't, he doesn't say that the, she died because you can't mention death by name in a kid's movie. He says that the waterfall swallowed her up. Yeah, so we get Shadow giving, having a big sad watching the sunset about Sassy dying. He says he has a, he had a a big sad is almost like his default setting. It sounds like mournfully being like you know oh I had a responsibility to love and protect her just like I did for Peter. Yeah, <sighs> yeah and I kind of like this scene, but whatever. <laughs> Oh, you are you are very much on your own on this one. He talks <laughs> so slowly and it's so preachy. He, he tells Chaz that he has the same responsibility to his kid, and he's like, "Oh, I didn't ask for this job." We find the stubborn, the stubborn old principled old guy to not be a little bit endearing, even if he is kind of an idiot. No. No. So anyways, Chance says that he, you know, he tells Chance that he has the same responsibility to his kid. And he's like, well, I didn't ask for this job. And Shadow gives a long, boring ass speech about how it's built into them. And ever since the days of the first wild dogs settled with humans and blah, 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 saccharine bullshit. And this stupid fucking speech impresses Chance because he tells us in voiceover that he hoped to be him like him someday yeah that's some cult shit yeah that is some cult shit this is how you get domestic animal jonestown and this is your lot in life this is what you were born to do this is the job you are to perform don't question me <laughs> so the next day instead of realizing his hubris and turning back shadow and chance keep going we get to uh smee bird watching oh i i had it as um discount rich and richard attenborough slash john williams <laughs> oh i could see that <laughs> have you ever seen richard attenborough and john williams in the same place at the same time <laughs> this is true i haven't uh no Two kindly old men again. Two kindly old bearded men, yeah. <laughs> and he is getting sexually aroused by the sight of a bald eagle, like a good American. And apparently this is his third sighting in four months, and that's not bad, not bad. What? Well, I mean, they, uh, haven't they been for like a very long time on the endangered list or at least were they were i think they've they, they've bounced back but he sees a very dirty sassy by the river picks her up by the fucking leg <laughs> the, the shot that he, where he eventually brings him brings her up to his chest well that's when it's a real cat but when he first picks it up it was just this clump of fur that they had for yeah, him it picks her up by her leg but in the movie universe he picks a <laughs> yeah. cat up by his leg doesn't he also say classy dame so somewhere in there he calls her a classy dame i don't know whether it's in this scene or back in the cabin but who gives a fuck and so takes her back to his cabin in the woods and cleans her up and very weakly she's calling out for shadow and chance uh so shadow is yelling at chance because he can't catch anything to eat because he's impatient and he won't stop barking now we get to this weird rabbit hunting bit shadows trying to coach him and they're both like sitting in the same spot and he's like wait 
wait, go now. Like, not sneak up on him, not nothing. Apparently, the timing of when you start running at the rabbit is what Shadow, who the fuck knows, but he blames Chance for not getting this rabbit, even though his tactics were bullshit. Which is weird, because we know Chance knows how to sneak and stalk prey from the seesaw scene. Right. He he crawls low on the ground, waits for his moment, and then runs just so that Sassy's at the other end of the seesaw in time for him to jump on it. He knows how to do this! You can add this to your contrivance fucking <laughs> tally. <laughs> Number four. Number four. You probably skipped a few. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't even have notes for this part of the movie. <laughs> this is who, whose line is it anyway with a Rules are made up and the contrivance tally doesn't matter. <laughs> because Chance, Shadow's now sick of Chance telling me he's on his own, but Chance like, no, give me another chance. Okay, well, now that we've resolved that pointless fucking <laughs> contrived tension, time to go fishing and Chance gets clawed by a crayfish. And oh, this was the callback. The act like I don't want it, act like I don't want it. And then it grabs his lips i don't want it my note here for this crayfish is that my will to live is more real than this thing (laughs) it is a very fake looking crayfish it is very much just a rubber crayfish like either glued or rubber banded onto the top yeah i'm really glad that this series of scenes move the plot forward and develop the characters in a meaningful way instead of contriving tension to pad out what should have been a 30 minute tv show episode well i think it was the tension was that i mean them starving to death is tension (laughs) there was no that tension. The whole thing was that they hadn't eaten food. Failure to eat does not necessarily come across as tension of starving to death. Give a reason for them to be so snippy at each other because that's not the reason they give. General Store Kim Cattrall comes home and finds out that the animals are missing because of that stupid not misunderstanding that could have not have happened. No, I simply am incapable of suspending that much disbelief. I might have just rambled there, but I don't give a fuck because I put more thought into that sentence than this movie did into anything anyway sweet onward no animals at home (laughs) and so she calls a park ranger to see if there's anything they can do and i don't know if you guys noticed this she's talking to him on the phone but he's talking back to her with a fucking ham radio receiver (laughs) fucking what I, I was just staring at all at the massive array of ribbons behind her. It was just like this. It was, I think she's got a ribbon selling business or something because it was just plastered on the wall. I mean, she's got a horse, takes it to competitions. Yeah, there were there was a fourth grader's level of ribbons behind her for sure. <laughs> but yeah, this, this park ranger in an observation tower in the middle of the woods is talking on the phone over a ham radio. Yeah, what else is a ranger supposed to use? I don't know if you're on the phone. This is a movie. <laughs> what else is he supposed to do? I don't do? know. A phone and not be in an observation tower in the middle of the woods, be in a place where a real phone would be. Or maybe there's something about telephony that I am not aware of. There's some sort of relay. There's some sort of relay station where they go ham radio to telephone. Which is where they get the switchboard for in Baywatch. It's all connected. Baywatch connection. Hey. <laughs> Has to be. That's what they're all doing. It's technically in California. (laughs) So in San Francisco, this family is all super sad. And the big brother's like, well, we should go look for them. And the dad's like, no, let's be realistic here. (laughs) They're in the middle of the fucking woods. (laughs) Yeah. And the kid gets in a huff because he knew this would have happened. He knew they wasn't going to understand. Say he's not your dad without saying the words, you're not my dad. (laughs) You're not my real dad. (laughs) 
He, I am so surprised he never says that once in this movie. So apparently the dad is a professor, which is only established now. We're, we're at the university. It says professor whatever. And my question is, if he's here temporarily teaching at a re- university, where the fuck is he teaching back in the middle of nowhere? I just didn't understand why he said we have to be patient. What the hell does that even mean? Well, it was probably conveyed to them that she had called the park ranger and they're going to look and they got to be patient while they look. So do nothing. Yeah, basically do nothing, except he's not doing nothing, but he's going about it in the worst way. Oh, here we go. This is this is my unbelievable everything. This is where <laughs> I can tell 100% that not a screenwriter touched this. So he's printing out on an ancient dot matrix printer a lost pet sign. And this is how ancient this computing technology is. Because he prints out like lost reward phone number on the bottom. And then he has to tape a picture of the pet's to the thing he printed out and tell his secretary to go make photocopies. Instead of just getting some fucking markers and writing lost pet and getting some copies made with the photo on it, he has to do it with this weird-ass printer, which doesn't, like, print fonts. You don't have a font. Like, you would have to layer all the lines to make it say lost pets reward and he's been at this for so long he's totally spaced this important grant meeting that he's got (laughs) the entire flyer thing in this movie oh there's more but there's an interlude with the animals and we're coming back to the flyers yeah it is the most ludicrous thing whoever wrote this it's so dumb was jacking themselves off so much about the idea of flyers that he includes it in like three or four scenes this was a paycheck because this is dumb do you know because you know what's going to help you find your (laughs) animals that are lost in the middle of the sierra mountains putting up lost posters in san francisco (laughs) that's how you get people to help you out there this is not the end of this plot line though this this stupidity will continue we'll we'll come back to it um at least two more times. So we get a pointless scene of Chance and Shadow running, and Chance is complaining he's hungry. He really wants to eat garbage. I don't know where this is where they start talking about hot dogs. I don't give a fuck. Because Sassy now wakes up after a night of resting, and the dude that rescued her is working with a microscope for some reason. He does microscope, st- microscope stuff in the middle of the fucking woods. <laughs> well, I'm a little more curious why he didn't try to take her to a vet. <laughs> He's unlocking the secrets of dino DNA from mosquitoes. This is still a couple years. This is still a couple years out, you know, as bird watchers do. And what did we learn from Jurassic Park? Life finds a way. Where birds came from dinosaurs. See, it's all connected. And so he figures. So he figures that you know, <laughs> if she made it through the night, she's just gonna make it. Like she's fine. And buddy, that's not how medicine works. That's not how health works because he's a hermit in the middle of the fucking mountain yeah looking at random shit in a microscope and getting aroused by eagles <laughs> but part of this is confusing he's got his own shit to do if he took the time to you know travel to a vet service or whatever every time he hurt he found a hurt little animal <laughs> that he picked up by its leg <laughs> that he mangled and manhandled yeah there's well he didn't <laughs> 
he'd never get any of his very important research done. So he give so apparently he has a goat outback because he gives her goat milk. <laughs> you don't have a goat outback? No. You don't like goat milk, goat cheese? Goat cheese is I don't have a goat. That's what Jules asked. He's like, you don't have a goat outback? No. <laughs> Welcome to California. Here's your goat. Here's your microscope. Yeah. And here's a list of birds to find. Off you go. So yeah, he gives her some goat milk and, you know, Jules kind of pointing out the the sec- the latent sexism of this movie. She's like, it's not low fat, but it's still pretty good. And don't give your cat milk, folks. They're, it's not good for them. It's bad for their stomach. It, it's fatty. It's not for them. Don't give them non-cat milk. Now Shadow and Chance are being stalked by a cougar and not in the fun way. And despite the fact that this is happening, my note here is I'm so bored. I will never not be bored for the rest of my life. The word balderdash caught me off guard. <laughs> well, because you can't say bullshit in a kid's movie. Yeah, but still that they use something as unexpected as balderdash. <laughs> I mean, in retrospect, that is a really spicy word choice for 1993. <laughs> and so Shadow's Fishing... And he's got his head underwater, so he can't hear anything. And Chance sees the cougar. Oh, damn it. I thought you'd moved on for a moment. I was like, sweet. We just totally skipped. Oh, no, no. That's how that starts. No, because this ties into a thing that happened earlier. So we got to do it. The catapult. It's another power of editing because none of the dogs are ever in the same shot as the cougar. At any point. I do have a theory, though, that that cougar fell off the same cliff as the coyotes from G.I. Joe. (laughs) (laughs) Having a party at the bottom of the cabin. I didn't think I was going to need to explain this, um, but G.I. Joe is a cartoon (laughs) that was (laughs) hand-drawn and does not exist in physical space other than, like, in stacks of... Cells. John, fan theories extend beyond anime. I like the idea that this movie and G.I. Joe is in the same cinematic universe. I <laughs> I like the fact that somehow he's a fan. <laughs> this movie made me miss G.I. Joe. Remember how much I was raging during G.I. Joe? <laughs> At least shit happens in G.I. Joe. Agreed. Can, as Jules kept saying, you can look at it and go, holy shit, that just happened. Yeah, in this movie, you're like, holy shit, that just happened. It, it's, uh, did, did something happen? Yeah, it goes between, oh, fuck, did that happen? And shit, did something happen? Well, a cougar catapulting into a, a, into a river is a thing. Sweet, we got there. Moving on. Something, an Arnold Schwarzenegger reference, more contrived bullshit about Shadow not being able to hear during the thing. But yeah, they lure the, the, the cougar onto a rock that looks like a seesaw, and they've got to drag this fucking shit out because Chance gets distracted by a butterfly for a hot second before jumping onto the rock and launching the cougar into a river in a canyon below. Hasta la vista, kitty. Hasta la vista, kitty. Ha ha ha. You really know your Arnold Schwarzenegger stuff. There was other shit going on in pop culture, motherfucker. Anyways, again, the writers were getting a paycheck. We've established this and agreed upon this. Moving on. Oh, yeah. And we get another dog's rule and cat's drool because cougars are technically a cat. So Sassy hears them bark in celebration. She runs after them. And Cabin Dude is just like, see ya, kitty. Yep, best of luck. I no longer need to be concerned about your well-being. Godspeed, going back into the same woods that wounded you earlier. I'm a good person. I'm back inside to cure cancer. (laughs) That's right. I'm going to put a bald eagle under a microscope. (laughs) 
Again, if this hermit had took the time for every single fucking animal he comes across, he would never get anything done. <laughs> Shadow and Chance are jerking themselves off over how well they handled this cougar. And Chance says to Shadow, you were like Rin Tin Tin. How do you understand television and not other things that humans say? What are the rules of this fucking world? Because you understand stay and home and like these like singular words, but for the most part, they don't understand human language. But he managed to like learn who the fuck Arnold Schwarzenegger was and who Rin Tin Tin was and paycheck paycheck. Fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> moving on. <laughs> <laughs> and so they get to this clearing and sassy meows like two football fields away from the dogs <laughs> but apparently they can hear them and they just know it's her <laughs> they can hear her this open plane that's windy and she gives this meek little meow and two football fields away they hear this fucking cat cheesy reunion and chance's first instinct after is to ask sassy for fish because they're fucking hungry yeah no shit Sassy's alive! Sassy's alive! Sweet! Go get us something to eat, woman. (laughs) Cut to them, each with their own, like, pile of fish in front of them. They've clearly had a fancy feast. Chance sees a porcupine, doesn't know what it is. And by the way, we've skipped over a lot of these scenes. Chance is, like, fucked around with a bunch of other animals in a very... Oh, yeah, he keeps trying to get his kink on. Um, I actually noted this one. Hey, you know the deal. I sniff you, you sniff me. <laughs> yes, he does say that. And this porcupine just whacks him in the fucking face, puts, like, several quills in his jowl, and he fucking deserves it. And yells, he bit me with his butt. The reason many ex-girlfriends broke up with me. <laughs> Sean's not happy with that. Well, no, it's just obligatory Jules' love life line. I already dropped one and beat you to the punch. Back and she's all that. <laughs> this movie made me miss the relatively light padding of she's all that. So it was like my mother always told me, curiosity killed the dog. Ha, ha, ha. Uh. Uh, uh. Well, your mom's fucking stupid because that's not what the phrase is. <laughs> so, yeah, she tries to get the quills out, but they're in too deep. And Shadow's like, whatever you do, don't lick yourself. Why? What? Yeah, I'm not sure if he means trying to lick them because they're irritated and it would irritate it more. Or if he's talking about don't lick your balls because you'll stab yourself in the junk with those quills. (laughs) That makes a lot more sense. But they just couldn't come right out and say it. But I think that's giving this movie too much credit to to have such a clever joke. Cut to San Francisco police station where... Hey, return to the flyers! <laughs> Mohawk criminal! I know, we're at a police station, and here's the thing, I was like confused for a moment because most... Oh, an undercover prostitute. Do we know that she's undercover, or not just a regular prostitute? Yes, because the woman walks by in this glistening blue dress, you know, all shimmering shit, has a, not a badge, but like a name tag clipped on at least, and while Peter's talking with the main cop just slips right behind the counter and goes back into the business area of the police station. And we get the worst 
ever movie advice from a wise old black man. I think it's good advice. I think it's shitty that he had to give the advice. Right, because Peter, older boy, walks in and he acts like he's trying to file a missing persons report for family members and the cop police sergeant who's like got way better things to do. No, well, he's the second black person, non-white person. He indulges him at first, though. Indulges him, he's filling it out and he's like, okay, so can you describe them? And he describes like what are clearly domestic animals and he's like dude no like this is a police station we got real shit to do like we're not gonna go look for your lost dogs <laughs> you know we got more important things to do. Like, but they're important to me oh god i hate this kid fuck this kid and he basically tells him you know put up some reward posters the cop has to tell this kid what lost pet posters are that's just sad. That's what really bothered me. But that's what I mean. It's good advice. It's, it's the very bare minimum. If you lose your pet, it's the bare minimum that you should do is put up lost posters. This is not a revelation. This is not a secret police technique. This is general basic human knowledge. We are absolutely on the same side. But uh, um, you did the way you said that does remind me. The cop does say it like it is a big secret. He's like, exactly. Sometimes when a person goes missing, there's this thing we do where we put up flyers over them, and 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 Peter has this fucking like light bulb moment of like, holy shit, this world just got rocked. We've seen the making up of flyers. We've seen the secret hidden technique of flyering. And we're about to have a few more of this self-congratulatory flyer bullshit that's, that's coming later. Peter doesn't know about the flyering yet. That's that's another one of our fake forced emotional scenes coming up. Also, were parents not paying attention to their kids in the n- early 90s? Not much. Where an unsupervised child can walk into a police station? <laughs> oh, dude, as long as you were home by dark? Bye. I was never given this much freedom. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, I grew up in the city. I wasn't really given that much freedom either. I also grew up, like, when I moved to South Africa, I grew up in, like, literally the murder capital of the world. So, yeah, <laughs> we were not given this much freedom. So, yeah, so basically, it's like, yeah, put up reward posters, see if that works. For your pets that are lost in the mountains, put <laughs> yeah, up reward posters in the city that are not anywhere near the mountains. Maybe somebody... Unfucking, I don't know what's a street in San Francisco. Yeah, maybe somebody who's about to take the ferry to Alcatraz has seen your fucking dog. <laughs> and he's like, hey, kid, you know, he's like, all right, I'll do that. And he's like, hey, kid, good luck. And I just wrote here, thanks, mean Joe. <laughs> I don't know how they crammed that sequence in. It's just so stupid. Oh, God, God. So, they were desperate for runtime. So, back at the house that is definitely big enough to accommodate all these pets. <laughs> <laughs> Mom finally gets a line of dialogue. It's amazing. Yeah, because Peter's looking for supplies to make flyers and finds Ted Stryker's flyers. Yes. And Mom tells him that he's put them up all over town, which won't help. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> and he's like, Why didn't you tell me? And she says, Because you were such a fucking brat and yelled at him. You didn't want to put up with your bullshit, you little shit. <laughs> No, she doesn't. She effectively, she says it at the, the Disney fashion. I didn't tell you because I have, I have not been allowed to have any character up until now. I am literally background. Yeah, she gives the reason as to why her husband didn't want to because, again, Peter's been such a shit to him. He's like, you know, I'm going to get this done, but I, you know, fuck 
I just don't want to put up with him. So now stepdad is okay in his world, and this kid needs to fail at crying so that we know he's still sad about that. <laughs> <laughs> he's the worst. He's so fucking bad. <laughs> So anyways, back in the fucking wilderness, uh, the animals stumble across another waterfall, and oh god, this is a big problem for some reason that is never made clear, even though there is a clear path across the river this time, but they're worried about Chance's wounds getting in the water, because they tell him that he can keep his head above water. Huh? What the fuck is this? I don't know. Random lost girl. Let's just get to random lost girl. Yeah, let's girl. get to random lost girl because this get that moment gets 10 contrivance points. I want to skip over her as much as possible too. I yeah, mean. they find a lost little girl who's crying and like Shadow goes and finds her because he's a good boy and he'll help all the humans. Little girl is initially scared of a golden retriever because there are no depths this movie won't stoop to in order to contrive tension. God damn it. Yeah, I could understand if Bulldog with spikes sticking out of his face was the first one on the scene. Face-licking golden retriever is not threatening under any circumstance. None. And I love how when Chance runs, or uh, when Shadow runs off to find help, he tasks Sassy with keeping her warm. <laughs> yes. Because the girl's asleep like in some moss and says he just like walks on her <laughs> yeah so we get like a weepy nighttime search party and then in the morning weepy because the mom is the only one crying because she's a lady and ladies get very emotional so in the morning shadow hears the humans and he says you know he's gonna go go to them to get help and chance is like no because they're humans they're gonna take us to the pound and yep like, that ptsd is coming back again you know chance is way more right in this movie than fucking shadow is like my note here and i've mentioned this before because yeah you have no reason to trust these humans the dad of this little girl hears the barking and gets this fucking spidey sense that this random golden retriever he's found in the <laughs> woods will lead him to his daughter. He's channeling Hasselhoff. <laughs> yes. Ugh, it's so bad. But yep, he's apparently right because this movie needs to contrive more bullshit. Jesus. We're going to get even more bullshit in like 20 seconds. Let's get to that ranger dialogue. Yes, that's exactly what I mean. So yeah, so they find the little girl. They got some rangers there. The mother is like fucking sobbing her eyes out. The dad doesn't cry though because he's a man and men don't feel things. He's got to give Shadow the... I, I appreciate you and thank you for saving my daughter's life speech. Um, and Chance is very wary about the park ranger's uniforms. He doesn't like uniforms because that means... In uniforms, man. This is not good, man. The uniforms, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. He's going to get back. like, no, don't worry. They're going to help us. I'm Shadow and I'm an idiot. So I have one of these rangers down as Midwestern Kathy Griffin. Good enough. <laughs> and she recognizes the dogs from, from the, the flyer they got. Un believable <laughs> like she says this to like the, the her mustachioed partner and he's like i can't believe it and i wrote down here me either mustache me, either. me either. I can't fucking believe that. i just put because i didn't write the exact words but i put this is terrible dialogue and some contrived bullshit coincidence i'm spouting from my mouth right now <laughs> and this is even before we were talking about contrived bullshit before they must have like faxed it to ranger stations i guess who <laughs> the fuck knows but Shadow hears the word home, so he's really confident that this is the right move. So Midwestern Kathy Griffin phones 
striker. What is this? This phone etiquette was a thing, but it's so weird and it never makes sense to me. She's like, is this a Robert C word? What? A Robert C word? Like, what's with the indefinite article here? Why was this a way that people addressed each other over the phone? The A in there really makes not much sense. Also, the fact that cell phones weren't a thing. So you called a place, not a person. So it would, you know, hey, is this Robert C. That make that part makes sense. Except, well, you're calling their home. Oh no, no, no! It's at work. He's he gets the call at work. I'm sorry. Well, the number would have been on the damn flyer, right? <laughs> right. So he gets the he gets the call at work, and apparently, I guess he answered it himself then, because otherwise they would have asked for Robert Seward, and someone would have gotten him. So he just hangs around the front desk at the college that he's a professor at, waiting for phone calls. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> the indefinite article is what got me really... No, ma'am. This is the Robert Seward. Thank you very there much. There are no others. <laughs> and this is the point at which he drops everything, gathers his family, and decides to yell at the youngest son whilst he's in the middle of a rehearsal. Yeah, this this is crazy. Because he gives him directions to like where the, the animal shelter is. He screams way too loud for comedic effect. Everyone turns around and looks at him. Because comedy beat <laughs> and apparently finding your pets out in the wood is a great reason to take your kids out of school in the middle of the day you're just allowed to do that this in the same way you know like if your grandma's dying you would take them out of school immediately in the middle of the day so yeah they grab the older kid they grab the daughter and then yeah they grab the youngest son in the middle of his play rehearsal it didn't really matter what the excuse was if your parents were like no nah, we're not taking them to school day i mean there wasn't not that much they could do about it. It's totally illogical for this to be a family emergency, but all they have to do is say, hey, we got a family emergency. We got to go. Little kid drops the pumpkin at, in the play because I guess it's around Halloween. I mean, the one thing I will give this movie is that they give really good visual clues about certain things without telling you outright. And this is one of those because so you get a good sense of what time of year it is. It's around Halloween. They should have put it on the flyer. <laughs> Pumpkins on it. But we're not sure when the time frame started. No, not at all. So the animals are in the back of the truck and Shadow... I wanted to note something. They interrupt play practice, like we said, and uh, the Jamie's on the thing. He's got this big-ass pumpkin, and he's just so excited. He just drops the thing and jumps off the stage, and you know the pumpkin smashes, and they're like, oh, sorry, we'll replace it. There are three more giant pumpkins in that fucking shop. I know. They're like out the hallway. <laughs> what do you feel you need to replace? You're like, oh, hey, sorry about that. Right there. Here we go. Here's your replacement. This is 1993. That pumpkin probably cost 34 cents. Like, <laughs> Not in San Francisco, it didn't. It cost a whopping 79 cents. My You're bad. looking at like a whopping four bits there, sir. <laughs> so the animals are in the back of a truck. Um, Shadow notices that they're going the wrong way. And I'm sorry, at this point, Shadow doesn't get to claim to know where the fuck anything is. Okay? He has no sense of direction. He doesn't get to like have a sixth sense that they're going the wrong way because this sixth sense got them fucking lost in the woods and almost eaten by bears. But he can claim to have the knowledge because Chance hasn't developed his sixth sense yet. Uh, you haven't developed your ability to lie about your intuition. <laughs> anyway, so Chance was right because they are at the pound and Shadow and Chance get muzzled and leashed and Sassy escapes into the woods and Shadow gets put into a cage and he realizes that Chance was right. Oh no. And there's this guy... With some glasses. I mean, he's a nice guy in this movie. He helps, um, you know, getting Chance's quills out of his face. But this dude just looks like the guy who's the super calm, nice torturer. 
in a movie. He does. I feel like I've, he's got a very familiar face. Like, I feel like I've seen this guy in a lot of stuff, and he's one of those character actors. You're like, oh, that guy. So now we get fat jokes. We're going to start with some fat jokes. Uh, with this guy who's barely husky, by the way. I think there was just a different standard of, like, what cost made fat in 1993, because this guy is just hus lightly husky, and he's trying to get sassy. He's got a net, and he's like, here, kitty, 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 to which she says, not on your life, chubby. And she sneaks into the pound through a broken screen window to Mission Impossible music, to literally the Mission Impossible theme. When this happened, I actually said, fuck you out loud. <laughs> <laughs> I had a good laugh. I went, you know what? I think that's a nice little touch. I did not know. It's a horrible cliche. Then the big fuck you moment comes immediately after as she's um going above all the dog cages and there's literal cat calling which she calls out as well so just casual dog cat bestiality going on there literal cat calling from dogs and apparently dogs and cats are the only ones who can have this psychic communication connection because they like no other animals in this universe talk to them yeah there was nothing with the bears or the cougar or the rabbits or the porcupine or literally anything else one of the cat calls just to give you the caliber of cat call because they could only push it so far nice whiskers baby exactly that <laughs> exactly that Ugh. so she unlatches the cage releasing shadow chances in like a room getting helped out by a vet who's pulling the quills out of his jowl and he's like acting like he's getting tortured to which now shadow believes that they're killing him and they have to do a daring rescue that's my midnight race voice <laughs> you know, midnight race. so now we get more fat jokes because sassy is going to distract the quote-unquote fat guard by yelling this way thunder butt while she runs around and distracts him and then the very nice ranger in glass is like oh there's there's something going on out there and he opens the door so shadow pins the door to the wall with this guy behind it leaving the door open for chance to get up and escape and lucky for him all the quills are out so he's he's hot to trot yeah here i, I had a couple of notices first of all um shadow overpowers human with door because script charles barkley dog string <laughs> charles barkley dog. and also the writing on the door which was eerily dark unfortunately it's easier for your cats to catch feline leukemia what <laughs> it was written on the door that shadow was holding oh it was like a poster on the back there no no it was written on the door that he was pinning the guy with it was like really giant gold letters oh man i cannot wait to go back and find out about this yeah i, I need to look at that. I, I damn it i'm gonna have to watch this scene again but easier than what i mean a human being <laughs> a human being can't catch feline leukemia <laughs> that's a good fight easier than what well he can't catch it with that attitude <laughs> It's an incomplete, fragmented sentence. I don't know what the hell was up with it. Well, even more confusing than feline leukemia is that the fact that this animal shelter in the middle of nowhere has a prison alarm. <laughs> and there was this weird, there was this weird scene where you're looking down a hall or a shot where you're looking down a hallway and it's this back and forth of Sassy getting chased. And they tried to do the Scooby-Doo thing, but they didn't use multiple doors. They just keep sassy crosses from right to left guy follows sassy comes back the other way guy follows 
And then there's one point where she goes one direction, he follows, and then she does the same direction and stops and makes some sort of quit. But you need multiple doors down the hallway for all these wacky crisscrosses to happen. The editor was trying to show off, but it just came across as very small box that you're staring at. <laughs> anyway, so they escape under the fence. There's a moment of tension here. Quote unquote, fat guy gets spooked by sh- who gives a fuck moving on. I want to give credit also to this fat guy before we leave him because he does two of the worst falls in movie history and this is after (laughs) we've seen she's all that i was waiting for what kind of a compliment you were gonna give this guy the second time he gets he falls over he just full on mexican waves onto the ground for no reason it's a cat Moving on. So the family is happily singing in the in their car on the way to the pound. The, the witch doctor song. I hated the family. I hated the scene. I hated the writer, the director, and <laughs> even the freaking best boy on set. But just because of this scene. Families are allowed to love each other, Jules. No, they're not. They're allowed to love each other, but scenes can't have no conflict. <laughs> It's literally them singing. The girl leans forward with that irritating smile of hers and says, thank God you thought of the flyers, dad. And we're back to the fucking flyers again. (laughs) (sighs) The most stupid no-duh approach to getting your pets back. The bare minimum. Did she? She said dad then? Yes. Huh. I I remember her congratulating about the flyers. I don't remember her saying dad, because again, the poignant moment, you know, much later. Anyway, no, the point of this scene is it shows them being all happy and then barely missing them because you see the pets run off the road at, at the covered bridge. And right as they disappear into the woods, here comes the car. Then there was no need for the actual scene in the car. It could have just been them singing, driving one way, and the animals going the other. There was no need for the internal car dialogue scene where they're singing and... We're going to go a little bit Woodland Critter Christmas here. If Satan didn't allow people to be happy, how then would he be able to crush their dreams? (laughs) You have to show them really enjoying and be appreciative of each other, only to find out... Fuck, we lost them again. <laughs> My note for this scene is, I told the witch doctor no family sings songs on a road trip. No no it family happens. does that. And families it, it that do, do that are in a cult. Well, we were in the military, so. <laughs> so yeah, so, so, so while this missing each other thing happens, Shadow's got a funny feeling that they should go back to the pound, but apparently his sixth sense is bullshit, but it doesn't tell him to do exactly what he wants to do. So they keep going. Well, and Chance is also like, are you fucking kidding me? Back to the pound? Are, are you listening to yourself, old man? Because character development happens, Chance tells us in VO that he's finally feeling close to the other animals. Good for you, Chance. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> so then we get spooky pound sign. Like, they focus on the pound because, again, it has to contrive. Yeah, because now it's dark and raining with thunderstorm shit. And the sign is, like, red with, like, a black silhouette of a dog and just to, for reasons and here's the point where they give the mother lines and i wish they hadn't because she suggests that they do nothing now that the flyers and actually doing something (laughs) hasn't worked her solution is now to do absolutely nothing not even look not even just look around because they made it this far they just might make it home we don't know how far they've gone. We don't know how far away home is. We have, we have no contacts or whatever. <laughs> Ten minutes to just look, shout the dog's name. No, 
not not a moment to spare. Just go home and do absolutely nothing. It's storming now. Well, the older kid yells into the woods, so there is that. But yeah, basically all the scene is pets are gone. We're not going to do anything about it. And so the next day, the animals go over a hill, and what do you know? They're home, but they're looking at a large town that we have never seen before. Yet they recognize. <laughs> that they recognize, but it does not convey to us, the audience, that they are close to home, because all we have seen of their home is their house. It's in the middle of the fucking woods! Exactly. <laughs> And they and they and they look at this suburban sprawl and they're like, we fucking hate Yeah, it's like a <laughs> solid mid-sized town. I thought it was back in San Francisco for a moment. I had to blink. And so now they're in the a rail yard and Sassy almost gets run over by a train because having her wait like a rational opportunity missed creature would have meant one less moment of contrived tension, and the movie just couldn't have that. Sassy doesn't want to go outside again and shadow falls through a board and he gets spiked through his torso and dies and he <laughs> finally gets comeuppance for his hubris and stupidity and nick feels satisfied about the way this movie ended no dear god no unfortunately yep, time to wake up oh god that's so much better movie anyways <laughs> this scene honestly was was the scene that made me cry as a kid this, this was a heartbreaking scene for me. Okay. Oh, and I'm going to shit all over it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Again, as a kid, yeah. You can try, but it's it was an emotionally a very powerful scene to me as a kid. I, I was kind of torn because dog in trouble, apparently hurt. Yeah, that got me, but it's Shadow. It's Shadow, but also... <laughs> you guys didn't like Shadow, I did. He does such a fucking 180 on his character. So basically, he falls through into this ravine that's under all this mud, and he tries to climb... He's hurt one of his legs. He tries to climb up one of the walls, one of the slopes that leads out of this ravine. It's too slippery, and he slides back down, and he just gives up. One try... Uh, he tries, he gives it a few tries. He gives it a few tries. Okay, okay. Yeah. quickly, but like not sustained over time and so he gives up because if we don't contrive now to show character growth and chance did we even have a movie and i want to say something here for the entirety of michael j fox's career like even well into you know he's in his 50s and and and, and on he still sounds like he's going through puberty he always <laughs> he does he's one of the last people you would expect a motivational get your shit together speech and you know what it kind of still works. He tells Shadow to knock off his bullshit and get your ass up and go again. And fuck yeah, go Michael J. Yeah. Fox. <laughs> again, uh, this scene was really, was really powerful. It, you know, it would have been a great moment had it been earned, but it wasn't earned. <laughs> so I didn't. I felt nothing. Like you know, I'm just saying the speech was surprisingly effective. But you know, I'm not. I won't let you give up. I mean, it's no cancel the apocalypse. But the family's back at their regular house in the woods where we started off the movie. Yeah, this is what pissed me off as well is what the hell the stupid happy Thanksgiving family after all three of their pets are lost and dead. It is now Thanksgiving. Yes, because of the decorations in the house. And she's making a turkey and yeah, terrible family continues to be terrible. Who puts an apple at the front of the bird? There's all the things of like you have a hog roast and they put an apple in the pig's mouth, which, by the way, totally makes sense because if you've ever seen a roast hog without that, its lips are burned away and you see its teeth and stuff and it's fucking terrifying. It's the stuff of nightmares. But when she's taking like the turkey 
to put it on the there's an apple sitting at like where its neck hole would be cool i am absolutely serious and okay so anyway and there's another person who may have been at the wedding at the beginning i forget i think she was one of the old ladies but her one line is i can't stay but here's a pie so it's like i've been standing here holding this fucking pie the whole time waiting to say bye to you (laughs) and leave i'm completely pointless the dad and the kids are all out playing basketball and are very yeah as if their pets are not missing exactly that's what really pissed me off they are so happy yeah they learned to move on their pets have been missing for what since it's pumpkin from october to november so it's only been a month and this again because the little girl like none of these kids are good actors but the little girl's begging for a shoulder ride from the 50s like come on daddy can't you just give me a shoulder ride like something out of leave like her performance makes me feel like she was trained for leave it to beaver but this is the moment i'm talking about where she calls him daddy and he stops and looks as like whoa i'm finally getting acceptance here i thought that was because the boys said it the boys have finally accepted him as their father i thought it was when she said it but then peter because he's been the shithead the whole time like he finally accepts you know he finally accepts bob so yeah i think that i think that makes more sense so they hear barking over the hill could it be the animals yes of fucking course it is jesus is it the animals that we abandoned and then lazily forgot about over a month yep and we tried everything including things that would never fucking work in real life well we were actively thinking about them and then nothing else and then we made some flyers and that shit worked and then we went back to doing nothing to doing absolutely nothing yeah this was actually the moment where like i said i I had my tear-filled moment with shadow dying but i also had my very first that's bullshit moment when shadow shows up at the end oh good because that is bullshit you can't just have him show up after all of that and without even showing us how he got out there's no effing way. At first, I thought that is a different golden retriever. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the thing. But they have like a whole, they draw this shit out because they have each of the animals come over the hill one at a time because apparently they wouldn't come home together and not drag this shit out. So Chance comes over first and he's now calls the youngest kid his boy because he's become a real dog now. And we see more balls. <laughs> <laughs> more chance balls and sassy comes over and is very happy to see her kid as we remember mentioned earlier her human's name is hope because thematically on the nose is somehow a worse character name oh my god it wasn't until you just said it thematic names that's why peter is such a dick to everybody on the whole movie <laughs> And now he's a dick to his best friend Shadow because he's totally given up on him. Yeah, completely, because he doesn't come over to me. He's like, ah, he was too old. He was too old. And there's a whole fake out about And we know he's alive because he can't kill a dog in a kid's movie. So Shadow limps over the hill and finally this fucking movie's almost over. In a way, this is my favorite part simply because my mom's dog has one leg that it keeps like breaking or dislocating or something every few years. <laughs> oh God. With the little cast, which is goddamn adorable because it's a pug. And then when the cast comes off, it's trying to still walk, but you know, it's, it's limping. And so my stepdad all the time when the dog is walking around like that, he just goes, Peter, I missed you. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> The dog comes over and he's like, I missed you, Peter, and I love you. And it's still creepy. It is still creepy to hear an older man's voice. Still don't think it's creepy. And my final note of the movie is we now all have diabetes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the, the bullshit line which comes up is that I learned that life is 
not full of mushy stuff. And I said, this entire movie has been crammed to the balls with mushy stuff. It's been oozing out of every orifice left, right, and center. You could argue that it is exclusively made out of mushy stuff. Exactly. There's absolutely nothing non-mushy about this. Again, because Chance might secretly have a crush on Shadow. He's admiring him, and he's like, you know, you could just see the years melt off of him. He was like a puppy again, and you know, it was really his belief was the thing that got us through, and no motherfucker, his belief is what puts your lives in danger for no reason. Well, he's a dog, so he doesn't get it. Yeah doesn't get it it's a lot easier if you realize these are dogs and idiots so he continues to chance continues to muse in vo about friends and family and finally feeling like he's got a home and i i don't give a fuck because i'm sure it was super moving but the important thing here is that this movie is finally over yes finally we are dang God. done with this movie it does that thing the scene keeps going while the credits roll and the music plays but that is neither here nor there this fucking boring contrived movie is over i will never feel excitement again for the rest of my life two margot robbies could offer me a threesome and i would still be bored <sighs> wow <laughs> <laughs> that was homeward bound the incredible journey but before we go we as millennials know that every single movie and tv show has a moral and so jules what did you learn today oh i learned that if i ever lose my dog i should do absolutely nothing about it <laughs> words to live by and john what did you learn i learned that they were actually telling you good advice when you were a kid, if, you know, you get separated from your family, stay where you are and wait for help to come to you. Seriously. And I learned that if you make a movie for kids and don't have enough in there to appeal to adult sensibilities, you should be drawn and quartered and fed to pigs in front of your family. <laughs> And before we go, we need to tell you all what we're doing next time. John, what do the folks at home have to look forward to? We are somehow going to attempt to review the first season of The Sopranos. Yep, I don't know how the fuck we're going to do it, but we're going to do it because they've got the movie coming out. And do you have a review for us, John, for, for The Sopranos? I do. I'm going to give this my best. Una obra maestra que cambió la forma en cómo veía y la vida y cómo la vivía. Las emociones que te generan y lo humana que hace que te identifiques con las situaciones tan humanas de cada personaje. And yes, all of my pronunciation was, of course, due to misspelling there. <laughs> Portuguese is such a beautiful language. It, it is, but that was Spanish. <laughs> I know. I'm having... Uh, you would not believe the amount of Spanish reviews there are for the Sopranos. <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing themes of family and salami appeals to a Latino. Who knows? Anyways, <laughs> salami is universal. And that's our show. If you liked it, please subscribe. If you loved it, please share it with all your friends. And whether you liked it or loved it, we'd appreciate it if you gave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts to help others find us. Also, be sure to like our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter. Links to both of those are in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time for another episode of Millennial Rewind.